married to a man who is a part of the church here. I know you know him very well, but I don't know if you know that uh, I'm the wife. So please, could you stand, Tumsifu, my husband? <laughs> yes, that is my husband. Whenever you see him, remember me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have uh, my three biological children, but with one uh, daughter whom I'm raising. Could you please stand? Thank you so much. Uh, I would like to thank you, church, for celebrating uh, Women Day, Women's Day with us, women. But specifically, I would like to thank WWK leadership for really uh, proposing my name to stand today. I don't take it for granted. I see it is a privilege. I'm really humbled. Uh, but I also want to thank Pastor and Mama. I know they vetted the name. It wouldn't have come here without the uh, approval. Thank you so much for having a trust in me. I, amen. Uh, uh, this year's Women's uh, Day is actually having a theme, very interesting theme, from the book of Amos. from the book of Amos. To be frank, <laughs> I, I, I hardly read the book of Amos before. For me, it, I found it very difficult. Uh, but it's, it has carried a very important message. Very important message for the people of Israel at that time, but even now for us. I thank God that I had, had this opportunity to really dig and read between lines so that I can get what God has put forward for us. Because I know every word is good for teaching, uh, edifying. So I really missed some. But I thank God I had a, this opportunity now to read the word of God uh, in Amos, book of Amos. Uh, this book of Amos um, was written around 750 before Christ. That's the time where it was written. Amos reigned in... Uh, southern uh, Israel, the region called Tekoa. He was a shepherd and also a farmer. He was keeping sheep. I was just thinking, he was a young professional, yeah? <laughs> because our definition, it goes up to 85 years, yeah? So he was somewhere there. He was trying to earn a living through that work. And I was also thinking, was it, because it was not from town, it was to the, from the less privileged uh, area. I was thinking, was it, would we think of, I don't know, I'm sorry to say, but I was thinking maybe Njopeka, our area, but Njopeka is nearby Dar es Salaam. Was it southern Tanzania, somewhere where is a little bit uh, less privileged, but God had a purpose for him, regardless of where he came from, regardless of what he was doing. He was a normal person, normal person, just a shepherd, keeping his sheep and uh, farming. But God used him to write this book of, uh, of Amos to give the Israelites prophetic message so that they can live. Before we read the word, I would like to pray for this word. Let's pray. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity. God, you know my heart. You know my mind. You know my desire is to serve you, Lord. I pray that you use me. Use me, Father, to deliver your message. These are your people. They expect to hear from you, not from me, Father. Please meet them at their point of need. Help them, Lord, to receive what you have prepared for them. I pray that, Lord, you use this mouth, sanctify it now, use it for your own glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen. Yeah, so I just gave you a little bit of background of uh, the book of Amos. I was also, when I read that book, I was wondering, was it in one sermon? I understand it was, at some point he visited a church, yeah, and he gave them a very hard message. But I was wondering, was it one sermon? Was it a series of sermons? But I couldn't really get. But that is not very important. The important thing is, at some point he gave that message in a church, just like what I'm doing today. Very hard message, but it was delivered in the church. Um, uh, this uh, this, this uh, book was written, uh, actually not book, uh, uh, Amos was given this prophecy when things were really normal to some of the people. It was a normal thing, they were busy with their businesses, uh, they were busy uh, looking for money, chasing money the way we are doing it now. And they thought things are okay, things are normal, and things are on their favor. And God is on their favor, and God rests on them. That's what they thought. But that was not the fact. There are some things which they are doing which were not right before God. They are doing religious rituals, yes, but they, are, they left God aside. They were busy with other things like displeasing to God, like, uh, help, uh, like not helping the needy, oppressing the poor, and sometimes even men were using women immorally. These are the things which really displeased God and among others, and they, God decided to send Amos. They didn't understand about caring for one another, and they had a reason, if you read that book well. They were, they, they were justifying their actions and their status. It's like, we are doing this, we are like this because we have been doing this, religious rituals. We have been giving, we have been going to church, we have been uh, giving tithe and, and sacrifices, but that was not really touching God, and God was displeased by them. And God sent Amos to rebuke them uh, against their lifestyle. When you read this book of Amos, I'm sorry, I'm giving you a big background, because for me it was hard to understand, so I wanted you to get to grasp the key issues in the book of Amos. When you read the book of Amos, he was given vision. He had a dream. And this dream, you could cluster it into three 
categories. One was he saw a man with a plumb line measuring a bulging wall that was about to fall. And Amos was told that the bulging wall represents the house of Israel. Just as the wall of this kind will soon collapse, so the nation that represents it will surely go into captivity. The nation will surely collapse. That is the first vision. The second one he was given was summer, a basket of summer, of, uh, summer fruits, which represented people of Israel. And for them, they, as I said, life was going on well. So their material prosperity was at the peak. But just like the fruits, it will last for a very short while. And, they rot, and it will soon rot and decay. So the peaceful years of Israel nation will soon come to an end. That was the second vision. The, th the third vision was... swarm of locusts about to devour the produce of the land. This was also a vision which was interpreted as warning of the evil days that lied ahead. So this, uh, this is summary of what he saw. And thus, that was, he saw and he tried to keep it, but at some point he couldn't keep it anymore. He had to tell the people of, Israelites, of, of Israel what God has told him what God has given him as a prophecy. So, our theme is in chapter, is centered in chapter 5, verse 4. I would like now us to read Amos, chapter 5. This is, the background I've given is what made uh, Amos to to come up and be given this prophecy. People left the Lord aside and they continued with their lives while they were missing the point. They were busy doing good things, they thought, and they had justification for that. Other people are less privileged. Other people are doing that or that because they are, they are not giving to the Lord. They are not doing that or that. But that didn't please God, and God had to send Amos. So in Amos chapter 5, uh, verse 4, I'll uh, extend a little bit to verse four, 6. Uh, I'm using NIV version. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Bathsheba, for Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live, or he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour, it will devour them, and Bethel will have no one to quench it. So if you, if you, you can put into context what I have given you, the background, that's why God sent 
Amos to ask his people to seek him so that they can live because God was about to sweep the tribe. God about, was about to send fire to consume uh, the nation and no one would be able to quench it. You know, when I was reading, I was really impressed. Regardless of what was happening, regardless of what seemed to be God's anger, but God also had forgiveness. He was extending, he was asking them to repent. So when I was, uh, after I, I, I was, when I was meditating, I tried to find the meaning of seek. It's a very simple and maybe used, the word which we have been used, used very much and we take it for granted. But I wanted to get, to grasp what is the real meaning of, of seeking. Uh, from the, just a normal meaning from the dictionary is to attempt to find, be on the lookout for desire to obtain, to strive, to pursue, to orient, to search. So God is asking peop uh, people of Israel, to search him, to strive, to pursue his will so that they can live. God is asking them to have desire. Yeah, to have that desire. Sometimes we don't have that desire. But God he was asking them. He meant that they need to desire God so that they can live. Seek me. Seek me. Be on the lookout. Attempt to find. You know, when you, do attempt, when you attempt to do something, you try hard. Several times. Various methods. You see? So that is it's just a, 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 a dictionary meaning of, uh, of, 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 search, of seek. But also, I tried to find the meaning of life, life of, of live. Because the word says, seek me and live. And it has been repeated twice from what I've, I've read. Live means to be alive. What is the opposite of not being alive? Eh? Dead. Death means physical death, but also. Of course, you can be, you can be physically alive, but spiritually dead. But you can also die physically. You can die physically or you can have uh, spiritual death. But that, that what really minded me a lot, made me to think through a lot about this life, it's, it, it is, it, the thing is, it's not only dying spiritually or dying uh, physically here, but there is a danger to have lost your life uh, in the eternity. You will lose God and lose yourself forever. So the danger is for the people of Israel well, we are told to repent. It's not only that they may die because dying is Christ, living is Christ, but uh, dying is um, sorry. Living is Christ, but dying is benefit. So Dying, you can die, of course. Some people say, of course, at the end of the day, all of us are going to die. But if you die and 
you die a bad death, death which has no hope, that is even bad, even bad. So that's why God was asking his people to repent. And that's why I'm real asking you to think through and go with me and see how do we need and why should we really seek God in our life. Now, I've outlined, I remember Pastor Dondo had been trying to help us. <laughs> when he was telling us, when you prepare a sermon, please try to, uh, to uh, organize it in such a way it's easy to be understood, at least to give points, one, two. So I tried to keep that, Pastor. <laughs> yeah, so I thought we need to understand, because ultimately, what the Bible tells us here is seek me so that you can live. That is ultimate reason for us to seek God. But there are intermediate, sorry, I'm using <laughs> words, maybe they're not very, yeah. Intermediate uh, processes there. There are intermediate uh, profits, gains from seeking God. The first one is that why should we seek God? We seek God because God demands us that we seek him. He has someone us in many, many uh, areas in the, in the word of God that we should seek him. But we, should, we also seek God because we show obedience. We show obedience to God that you have demanded us to do this and we are also doing it. When you read Psalms 27.8, it says, you have said, seek my face. God is saying, you have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Just imagine, God is demanding you and you obey 100%. I was just thinking when I was reading this verse, if I tell my son, Timothy, I want you to pray. And Timothy is telling me, mom, you have told me to pray. Mom, I'm praying. How do you how would you feel? How do, would you feel? Please, are we communicating? <laughs> how would you feel? Thank you. Mama, you did it before. Thank you so much. <laughs> so, we are obeying God's guidance, God's directive that seek me and we are obeying God. And it, please, it pleases God a lot that we are obeying his guidance, his directive. But one thing I also, I, it was very interesting when I read this word. We are seeking God because we are, we are wise. How many, of, how many of you are, are wise people? Oh, I didn't know that we have foolish. How many of you are wise? Good. So, according to the word of God, from Psalms 14, 2, the Lord looks down from heaven at us humans to see if there are any who are wise and who worship him. This is a uh, GNT, Good News Translation. NIV says, the Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand and who seek God. So God is 
expecting us to be wise, to seek God. He's expecting us to be wise, to seek God, to find God, to search for God, to live for him, to worship him. But, of course, the Bible is very balanced. A verse before is talking about a foolish, a man who is a fool, who said in his heart there is no God. So, if you don't do this automatically, it means the other way around. I'm sorry to speak that. If you are not seeking God, it means you are not wise. And if you are not wise, and you can see many things if you are not seeking God. If you are not connected to God, the way things, sometimes even those people who do some things, they, they tell you, I don't know why I'm doing this. But even the Bible says, those things which I want to do, I, I don't. But sometimes it's because we don't seek God. But if we seek God, and the word of God here is very clear. The Lord looks down. God is looking down seriously from heaven on all mankind, not non-believers. He's looking down on all humankind, human beings, to seek, to, to see who is worshiping him, who is seeking him, who is seeking God. So we need to be kind, to be wise. We are, worship, we are seeking God because we are wise people. Why do we also uh, seek God? I like the Bible. It's very interesting. You know, sometimes you find yourself maybe unhappy. You are miserable. You don't know why. But the word of God has a, an answer. In First Chronicles 16, 10, 11. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord rejoice. So, if we seek the Lord, we'll always rejoice. There are people, you, when you meet them every day, they, are very, they seem to be very happy, regardless of what they are passing through. Because they know, they, they, are, they seek the Lord. They, their hope is in God, and not the situation or the circumstances. 2nd part of this verse is talking about seek the Lord and his strengths. Seek his presence continuously. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. I want us to pack this seek his presence continually. I want you to remember. If I don't talk about it, please remind me <laughs> before I leave the puppet. This, this, the fourth thing which I would like you to take note when we seek the Lord, we get answers and deliverance. In Psalm 34, 10, the young, the, the young lions suffer, suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Oh, sorry. This is, 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 a, is a, a, a different one. Here it goes, it's Psalm 34, 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. God can deliver us, but he also answers us when we seek him. God 
will give us answers to our questions, to our worries, but also he'll deliver us when we seek him. But the other reason why we seek God, because he can be found. It's not that we are, find, we are seeking something which is not uh, found. We are, we are, it's a try and error. No, it's guaranteed. The word of God says in Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So seeking the Lord is not that something which is very difficult because you don't know what will, the outcome of, the, of your act. The outcome is guaranteed that you will find, find him. Seek the Lord because he's near and he's not really far. I remember one day, uh, it was toward the end of the year. One day, I forced my husband to go to Mlimani City. We, we pretend to be very busy, <laughs> like these people who, who are conducting businesses, very busy. But I told him, please, let's go. Of course, we were going to the bank, but I asked him, let's go around before we go to the bank in Mlimani City. So when we were going to that specific shop game, I saw something on the board. I said, let me check. We were okay, and when I went there, to check, when I just approached the board, I felt dizzy. And I was like, you can't imagine, it's like I was dreaming. And I was, say, I was saying to myself, oh, what is this? Oh, so that's how people die. I was, so I'm dying. Then I said, hey, am I foolish? In Jesus' name. You know, we can't believe it. I, I explained to my husband, I told him, I don't expect you to understand. It's me and my God. Because the way I felt, it's like somebody clicked a button and things, it's like gear, were changed from death to life. So I said, God is, Jesus is that near? When I said, in Jesus' name, I, I was not sick, but I was feeling, that I couldn't, I, I can't explain that feel. It was really strange. I've never felt like that before. And I was saying, oh, so this is how people die. Then I said, no, in you know, you can't believe it. When I said, in Jesus' name, and I don't expect all of you to understand, but myself, I understand. So God is not very far. When you need God, he's very near and he can be found. So those are few. I, I was like, oh my God. I'm going to spend two hours and I'm going to be taken out of the pulpit if you put everything. But there are many, many, many. But the ultimate gain is life. Life in this world, but also eternal life. So what else matters to us? What else matters to our lives apart from this life we are fighting for? This life we are fighting for, which we are not certain when it's going to end, but we are certain of that life, the other life. We are certain, my, 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 my friends, I want to say my colleagues, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my friends, we are certain about that second life. Please, let's seek God. And we are guaranteed of these benefits. Very few mentioned here. But I pray, please, be faithful. Go and read this book of Amos. Then try to outline the 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 consequences of sin, but also remember this, the benefits, the gains, 
There are many, 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 many. So please, as I, I, I urge you to do that. By the way, how many promise me they are going to read the book of Amos? You promise me, okay. How many promise God that they are going to read the book of Amos? <laughs> Good. That promise is between you and God, and you are going to be accountable. But he is there to help you to understand. The first time I read, I couldn't understand, to be frank. My husband and my children, when I told them I'm going to have this uh, session, they decided we were reading, I don't know, was it Jeremiah at home? They said, no, let's do Amos so that we help you to understand. <laughs> oh, my God, we didn't finish. You can't believe me. People, before, people, they used to read, search in other books. When we come in the evening service, people, they are contributing, eh? reflection. You, but this one, it was like this. Everybody was really looking from our pastor, <laughs> my husband, to help us. But Holy Spirit is very faithful. Very faithful. He helped me. I believe you are getting something. Now, the, the second thing, uh, the first thing, uh, maybe let me uh, sum up up to now. I've, I've given you background of Amos' book, what transpired before. Then the second one, the vision, which God gave him, summer of the vision. The third is why do we seek God? Because after that vision, God is really uh, insisted Many times, come back to me, seek me, repent. And why do we seek God? I've given you few, but there are many in the Bible, as I've said. Not from me, from the Bible. Now, the fourth thing I want to talk to you is how do we seek God? One would say, yes, I understand the benefits. So how do I do it? First thing I want you to remember before I tell you how to seek God. We need to seek God continuously. Write that before. That is a condition to seek God. If you want to seek God, remember I told you I'll talk about something. Remember? Now I'm very faithful to you. I'm taking you back to where I said I'm going to talk about it. Um, sorry. Yeah. The, the, I wanted you to I wanted to give you a reference of of seeking God continuously. It's not my condition. It's God's condition. It comes from 1 Chronicles 16, 10, 11. Second part. Seek his presence continuous, continually. Seek his presence continually. So that is a condition. If you want to seek God before you try to learn how, you should know if you are making this decision. It's a continuous thing. 
continuous thing. It's not going to stop at any moment. Moment. I'm sorry. I'm not. I don't know how I'm doing with time because I can't see from far. Apologies. That assurance from pastor makes me relaxed. We need to seek God continuous, continually. Now, how do we seek God? First, we need to come back to the Lord. We need to come back. We need to come back. Coming back, you might say, I'm saved. I don't need to come back. Come back can be 360 degrees, turning back. That is where, that's when the point of uh, salvation, receiving your salvation. But sometimes you have already received your salvation. But here and there, things are not right. And sometimes Holy Spirit prompts you, telling you that this is not right, that is not right. Before any other step, you need to turn back. Turn away from those evil uh, things, evil desires, evil acts. And let me tell you, when I was reading this uh, uh, book, I tried to find, of course they are big sins because they are worshipping idols, some of them. But some of other things, you could see they are small things. You could see from human eye, they are small things. Like treating others unfairly. I don't know if you are getting me. Treating others unfairly is a sin and displeasing God equally. We have, I, was, I meditated a lot. Most of us here are employers. We have maids. We have shamba boys. How do we treat them? How do we treat them? How do we pay them? How do we train them? You know, I, I, this is one of, maybe that's why I, I, I thought a lot, because I had a lot of challenges before when I started having my own house. I wanted, when I tell her, a, B, C, it's like contract. She understands and she goes and does what I expect her to do. I couldn't understand. But I thank God. Tumsif has been helping me a lot. Ten, please understand. She's not, uh, she, she's, she doesn't have the think capacity like yours. She doesn't understand. Sometimes you think she understands, she doesn't. So she, he, was, he used to tell me, check her attitude. That's the most important thing. Not the problem, the error, is her attitude. Does she want to learn? Does she, did she do, sometimes she does something out of love, wanting to please you. Yeah? And most of the time you forget the objective. I just see the outcome. How do we treat these people? Do, how do we pay them? We always, we are all employed, most of the, us are employed. We, are, we, we complain a lot how we are being paid. How do we pay the people we pay? How do we do that. Treating people, you, people who live in your household, we women, the way we are colorful. Are we colorful in our hearts? Eh? How do we treat these people we live with? Those are, you might think they are very small things, they are not. 
they are displeasing God. Just imagine that shamba boy, that, that girl who is in your house going to her room crying to the same God you are worshipping. Do you think God is going to be happy with you? He's going to be happy with me? No. It's not something small. It's something. What are we doing with our businesses? What skills are we using? What skills are we using? Students, most of us here are students, yeah? What are you doing with your homeworks? Do you copy and paste? That is not, and you, you know what? Those things you think they are small, they are not. They are real not. I remember uh, we, we, we were many in our class who were born again, but three of us, we were sitting in the front, three des desks during exams, three of us. So I remember one day we met with a friend from the university, and he was saying, oh, we, that subject, what did you get? I, said, I told him, that one I got A. Ha, ah, you got A? I said, yes. Oh, I said, why are you asking? You know, it was very difficult. But many people were coping. I said, yes, but you remember where I was sitting? He said, I remember you, you people. I said, thank God. Just imagine if I was coping, and maybe accidentally I was coping from him. What would I say to him? I, you know, you can't even have confidence to tell them about Jesus. But I told him, among, and I, I thank God I was very proud that day. I said, you know what? I was not the first person with the, be, the best GPA. But I think in reality, I'm among the best. Because it was my only work, my own work, throughout the three years. Most of the people were coping. But for me, I'm confident. I don't know if you understand. Confident. I told my schoolmate. He said, I remember those, those, those three girls. I remember you were sitting in the front. So please, don't take those things uh, for granted and lightly. No. Very important that you take note and be faithful. Be faithful to those small things so that God can give you big things uh, ahead of you. So here, the main point is to turn away. So those small things you think they are okay, you need to turn away from them. Main point is to turn away. Are we together? Turning away, it means you turn away. If I turn away this way, will I reach that door? It's a different and opposite direction. And that's what God demands us. Turn away from their sins. It's not forget them for some time. It's to turn away. And God means it, to turn away. And your desire will help you. Because when you decide in your heart that I want to turn away, God will help you. We are going to learn other uh, tools for us to help us to turn away from our wickedness. It's the first one, turn away, uh, which will help us to seek God. The first one is to turn away. For those who have not... Uh, known Jesus as their personal savior, that is your call to turn away, to come back to Jesus. For those who are born again, and we, have still, we still have small, small things, you need to turn away, I need to turn away. And I just wanted to encourage you uh, from the word of God, Second Chronicles 7.14, that part, 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked. And you know what he said? If my people, he didn't say about sinners. We, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God is there to forgive. If we turn away, if we decide from our hearts that we don't want to do this anymore, we don't want to be uh, devil's agents. So maybe that's a very strong word. But if you do something for somebody, uh, unfortunately, you are an agent. Some, and the bad thing is, the wages of sin is death. So you are an agent, and the payment is... I don't know if you, you would like to conduct that business. Working for somebody, and the wage is death. Everybody wants to be profitable. Everybody wants to conduct a profitable business. And the profitable business is to seek God so that you can live. The wage is life here on earth and eternity. The other ways, we, oh, I was just thinking, should I really speak about this? But later I said maybe the Holy Spirit prompted me to continue talking about this. I remember last week, for those of us who attended second service, it was really a blessing. Remember the word, you know, I tried to find that word, faraga. It, it, you know, when I say privacy, I don't feel it. It's like it's, it's less. Faraga is a, it's a word which I feel is very strong, having faraga. I'm, really, I'm still thinking, when I say privacy, I don't see if it's a really equivalent, but that's the word I, I have for now. Having privacy, seeking God, if we have turned your ways, you need to seek God by having, praying, praying. It's like a bloodstream. Doctors, you, you may understand better than others. No human being can be, can be, can be alive without blood. Praying, it, it gives us strength. Praying, it gives us relationship with God. God tells you, Remember, God can meet you there. God can talk to you. Remember what he said last week about Jacob. Yeah? When he went into the privacy with God, then, when he went into privacy with God, then, his name was changed. God spoke to him. He met God. So, praying is very important. Praying is very important. Individually, Privacy, but also corporate prayers. Corporate prayers are very important too. I remember uh, our, our, our leaders, they always really ask us to pray. They encourage us. God bless you, uh, women of God. You are doing it for our own benefit. Corporate prayers can be here when you ask to come, but corporate prayer can be virtually nowadays. We also learned this again last week because I was here, two services. Pastor Pauline spoke about using, of course, virtual, but rather these innovations yeah, in, in, in serving God. So corporate prayers, we should not take for granted. We should not really say we are used to 
I can go when I have time, when I'm not tired. Just come. Just come. When we are asked to come, see it's God's asking you to come, not Mama Regasha. Obey them because God is using them. God is using them. We cannot come here and say, please come this, but God is using the, his people. I remember the last meeting we had here. I was very tired. I have very busy, I'm preparing a project. It's very demanding. And I had all the reasons. And because I was, called, I was talking to God, God, but you know, I didn't have even, I, didn't, I don't remember even I had lunch that day. And then I'm walking from home, just imagine. Just going to the kitchen and have lunch. And actually my, 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 my maid is helping, my sister is helping. It was on the table. I didn't have time to go and eat. I, so I, was, I had all the reasons. God, you know, I didn't have even time to eat. I've not finished this. I've not finished that. Please, God, let me rest. But that inner thing told me no. And I remembered this is for my own benefit. This is my own benefit. I came. You can't believe it. I didn't even doze for a minute. Even for a minute, because I just decided to obey. I remember I had a very long day that, that day. My husband told me, you should not come home. Wait for me there. We are having another prayer in the morning uh, for investment. So I joined that prayer meeting. <laughs> then he had church pastor. Oh, that is a prophecy. Pastor Reguasha. <laughs> had, had a sermon with men. I was waiting. And I was waiting cheerfully. And I, I, I thank God because I obeyed. It helped me a lot. I had good time with my God. Me, not the one who called me to come. It's me who had good time with my God. It was a benefit to me. The other thing is uh, how do we, um, how do we uh, seek God? I've said corporate prayers, personal prayers. But there is this one thing. It's, it's very important because this is key to our everything, word of God. Even praying, if you are not praying according to the word of God, it's useless. How do you know the word of God? How do you know to pray with the word of God? It's through reading the word of God. Meditate, meditating the word of God. Not only knowing the word of God, not only meditating the word of God, but much more important, be doers of the word of God. Be doers. These are the things we are being told every day. Every day. But please, it's your decision today. To say, that area I have not been doing according to the word of God. That area. And if you are sincere enough, Holy Spirit will show you. It, God will show you where you need to understand and do accordingly. Because we are not yet there. All of us. We are getting improved every day. So, ask God sincerely. Where? Where? Where am I not, where am I not, where am I not doing the right thing? The right way. God is very faithful will tell you, because he wants the best from us and for us. He will always tell us. Let me uh, read from James 1, to 25. But be 
doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be hearer of the word and not doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goes away and straightway forgotteth what manner of man he was. You can just imagine. If you look at yourself on the mirror, and when you live a minute, you, don't, you have forgotten. That is... deceiving yourself. You deceive yourself. You got the mirror. The word of God is the mirror, which tells you, Mariam, there is a spot there. And when you leave, instead of correcting, you forget how you looked like. That is deceiving yourself. Let's be doers of God, word of God. If God tells us, save me, come clean the church, be doer of the word. Obey God. That is a command from uh, God through his people. And I, I wanted you to see what is, what, why is it important to serve according to the word of God? This example of serving. Solomon was told to serve God with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found. But if you forsake him, he will reject you. Save, I wanted you to underline, he was told to save wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly with a willing mind. God, word of God is asking us today to save wholeheartedly with a willing mind. Because God is searching. It means there are not many. They are not plenty. God is searching who are willing to serve God wholeheartedly. What does it mean by wholeheartedly? You don't count on the costs. You don't count on the cost. Your aim, your main objective is to serve God. Regardless, your aim is to serve God. There are other things, as I told you in the book of Amos, when you read. There are small things caring for the needy. What do you do? Not everybody is supposed to do that, but say, ask God to help you. What am I supposed to do in that area? That is serving God too. Serving God is not only going to Mpuapua. Mungu <laughs> wangu. Oh, I was told, I've been told that time is up. But uh, let me wind up by saying this. Saving God is not by doing the things you see or think. Those are the things. Serving God is doing what God wants you to do. What God wants you to, to do is what is saving God. And you need to do what is God's will. What is God's will in your, in your, in your life? You should not save just because you are saving, but asking God, what is the will of your will in my life? So that I can seek you through saving you. He will equip you because you are saving according to his purpose. And let's not uh, grow weary of doing good. 
when we are told to do this, when you are asked to do that, let's do that because we will reap in due season. Lord, let's not give up. Let's not hear. Listen. Hear and listen from the devil, from the liar. Let me put it that way. That no, now this is too much. There's nothing like too much. I remember we were, was again last week, we were told, God has, is not tired of giving us life. God is not tired. He's thinking for, for the best for us. Why should we get tired? By the way, whatever you want to do, you ask him again to help you. So there is not, no input from us, to be frank. It's just willingness and desire to do. But the rest, God does it himself. So the, the last one which I really wanted to tell you is the, of course there are many, meeting with the other uh, people, edifies a lot. I, I, I have a testimony of our cell group. Uh, when we meet, we pray for each other, we encourage. You share things which you cannot share in the church because of the setup, but you have that setup uh, in the cell group. So seeking God through that is also very important. Much more important is telling people about Jesus. When you, seek, when you tell people you are seeking God's will, you are doing God's work, and sometimes you are very mean. We are very mean. We don't even tell our relatives. We don't tell our children about Jesus. We need to tell our children. Women, if you are really colorful and shining, we need to make sure that our children are also shining. Remember Ellie. He was not a, a woman, but remember what happened. He didn't rebuke his children. Let's start with our children, women. Let's tell them that is seeking God. That is serving God, telling your children. Praying for them, of course, but also uh, telling them. And you know what the Bible says about telling uh, people about Christ? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what to speak, what not. Holy Spirit, help me. We women, let me give you, I'm focusing a little bit on women because it's our day. And if it's our day, we need to look on the mirror and not forget ourselves and make sure that we clean our spots. The word of God is telling us about women subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be worn without a word. That is also seeking God. That is also telling people about Christ. You are telling your husband that I'm born again because I'm submitting. I don't know if I'm communicating. That is seeking God. It's not something on the side. I'm going to preach to Mpuapa, but when I come back, I don't obey to my husband. That is not. That is seeking God and that is serving God. You seek God. You tell that person, I'm, I'm born again. Somebody has cleansed me. I don't belong to this world. Then they learn. And I think these women, these men, most of the time, they learn from this, those who are not born again. They learn from this. Of course, they will hear you praying for them. I remember one of my, our drivers when I was a minister of health, he used to tell me, my, his, was, his, his wife was a born again. He used to tell me, oh, my wife prays for me a lot. When I come back from midnight from inverted coma, 
I hear her <laughs> praying. Of course, that is the best thing you could do, but don't forget to submit and show him that you love God. Now, as I conclude, I'm sorry, I'm concluding seriously. <laughs> I'm concluding seriously. I want us to sum up, to just reflect in all the bits I've been talking about. Don't forget your working place. Amos was a businessman. He traveled across the country. That's when he saw these iniquities. That's where he saw in his workplace. What are we doing in our workplace? What are we seeing? What are we seeking God for our workplace? What are we doing, as I said, for our homes? What are we doing for our church? Because Amos, at some point, he went to a church and gave the ceremony. It was a hard ceremony. If God is really directing you, what are you doing for such a thing which God wants you to do? That is my question to you. If you don't do that, it's not seeking the Lord. And unfortunately, we will not live. We should seek the Lord in all the areas, and ultimately we are going to have life. Please reflect, and God bless you.